1: What's up? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, once again coming from the quarantine down here in Nashville with my quarantined, socially distant co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up, peoples? Janelle Wheeler. Hey,
2: everyone.
1: And joining us once again, Mr. Turn Up Charlie Ridgely himself. What's going on, everybody? So, here we are. We're still on lockdown. We're all out here dodging COVID-19 best we can. And we're going to keep plugging along because uh, as we get kind of cabin fever, the internet and the fandoms all around the world are having more and more absurd and, uh, you know, let's be honest, absurdly fun discussions about different parts of comic book or superhero lore. So we're going to get in on some of that today. Plus, we're also going to talk to you guys about the new Netflix release, *Tiger King*, which we told you guys to look out for. Charlie ridgley has been telling you for a long time to look out for this. Now we're going to tell you finally what we kind of get with this bonkers true crime documentary. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about *The Walking Dead* and some big developments over on that side that I know Janelle was probably pretty happy about. And so excited. we're going to get into some uh, quarantine confessions about reality shows. Yes. Yes, our madness has finally taken us there. So, we're going to dish on some of the uh, terrible, terrible guilty pleasures we've been engaging in while we are on lockdown. And we have some other good topics to talk about on the DC side, the gaming side, some wrestling, new comics, you know what it is. So, rolls on. Let's get into it. Commentation. Here we go. So, at the top of the hour, our news flash, we're going to talk about. There's been, kind of like I said, there's been all these internet debates kind of popping up because people are bored, they're on lockdown. You know, what do they have to do except argue about comic book stuff? And one of the big discussions that's come up lately is what, you know, re-ranking the MCU movies. This happens every time a new Marvel Cinematic Universe movie comes out. But uh, this was an interesting topic that I thought we should get in on because, you know, it's very, it's very structured. It's centered on just one aspect of the a- MCU, which is What do you feel is the worst MCU movie? And I think this is, like, one of those subjects, like, when you start talking with, like, other fans of Marvel movies, you know, it's one of those things you expect it to be, like, almost like pizza toppings, like, you're just gonna, everybody's like, so what do you want? What's the worst? And you think everybody's gonna blurt out the same thing as you, and then it's, like, everybody has, like, this crazy different answer that makes you look at even people you thought you knew well, like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, it happens in our office, or, you know, it did happen in our office quite often <laughs> yeah. over at Comic Book, where you think things would be easy, agreement, and consensus, and then it just goes down the uh, crap tube. But, uh, yeah, so this is what's happened on the internet with Marvel movies. People were kind of talking about it, and this this funny phenomenon where people just, like, blurted out, like, yeah, oh, yeah, clearly it's Iron Man 3, and, like, another half of people were like, clearly it's Thor the Dark World, which then prompted an argument about <laughs> you know we're just down to arguing which is the worst this is of the bunch uh iron man 3 or thor 2 oh, so negative. i thought you know <laughs> this was kind of like a fun one we could get into and maybe kind of let off some steam by going at each other's throats a little bit uh on a possible grenade topic so oh, uh, yeah. let's just go around the room what's what is your worst mcu movie pick and as always with these kinds of things i like to start with you charlie Charlie, what's your, uh, what's your <laughs> oh, worst
2: man. MCU pick? Yes.
3: <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I, my, I don't think my 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 guess here, my opinion here is all that controversial because I really think it's Thor the Dark World. Um, I I don't think any of the MCU movies are like terrible. Um, yeah, let's put that caveat that the Dark World.
1: Here. We're talking about the worst of the MCU, not like worst yeah. movies.
3: So right, don't right. come I, at I, it. I, I, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I think that none of the movies in this franchise are really terrible. Um, there's definitely a floor to be had, but I think that, uh, the dark world is, it gets really, really slow and, and boring at times. And it really has trouble pacing itself. It really has trouble telling the story it wants to tell. Um, nothing in this movie is, is really well fleshed out. Kind of the love stories all over the place. The actual plot is really out there. Um, it just, it has a really, really hard time finding where it wants to be, uh, and figuring out where it where it wants to go with the story. And at the end, it just kind of like, Oh cool. Now we have infinity stone. And really the whole point of this movie was this red rock. And that was all, um, it's, it, it really services the other movies, in the MCU, but I think just on its own, uh, it's, it's the one that just, it's hard to go back and watch again. I watched it ahead of, um, ahead of Endgame, and it was just, it's, it's, it's painful at times to to sit through I agree it's got some good I... moments.
2: I feel like both of them are really hard. Like my top is Thor, the original Thor, and now I mean they're oh, honestly no. like stacked right on top of each other.
1: Ooh, here we go!
2: Here we go!
0: <laughs> here what? We go. But,
2: but Loki is my favorite, one of my top five favorite like MCU characters. So I mean, I'm I'm grateful. So just for that clarity, Janelle Wheeler,
1: you're saying Thor One is your worst MCU movie? Oh my god! Um, my heart no,
2: hurts. my worst is the Incredible Hulk, but I know that was added after the fact, so. It wasn't yeah. added after the fact. I mean, I thought it was added. I don't know. Yeah, but, but it's kind
3: of you know, it's, it's like the an one asterisk, with the asterisk the like, like yeah, yeah it's, it the yeah. asterisk okay. go over it.
2: But yeah, I mean, I love Thor. I'm biased. I mean, Thor and Loki are two of my favorites, but uh, as characters, but I didn't, I didn't really even like them much um, oh. until <laughs> they got some humor into their movies. I mean, truly, I think they were hurts. missing humor.
3: See, I, I think that first movie is actually very, is actually very funny. I love I
4: mean. that movie so much. Um, really? I love where I Thor go, went well, I and mean, So far,
1: I, I mean, I feel like now I'm the grenade because I think you're all
4: crazy. But like, it's neither here Thor. nor you're there. But uh, Matt, what's yours? Uh, so here's the thing. So as much as I absolutely loathe Iron Man 3, because I do, I hate that movie. Um, I, have, I think I have to say The Dark World, mostly because uh, it's incredibly forgettable. Like, as much as I can't stand Iron Man 3, and Iron Man 2 is also not great, there are moments in both of those movies that I remember and can look at and go, well, I liked those individual pieces. Dark World, aside from Cat Dennings, there's nothing else in that movie that is, like, memorable. And as much as I wanted to, because I loved Eccleston, and I had such high hopes... For his Malekith, and I was so excited, and then I got that boring dud of a villain. So I mean, yeah, I guess his, maybe because my hopes were high for that one, they were higher than the other ones. I was more let down by that one because of all the possibilities that you could have done. So that one is very, very much no
3: one. No one's heart was in that movie, especially Eccleston. I mean, nobody was really invested. Um, it's, you guys it's very are easy to see. so completely wrong.
1: Now. I will preface this by saying I might have bias because Thor The Dark World was like my first big overseas junket. It was like a big thing for me. But anyway, all that aside, I think everybody's wrong. I think Iron Man 2 (laughs) is clearly the worst Marvel movie because it is the closest the MCU has ever come to just being a a kind of parody of itself. Um, I think Iron Man 2 is just the most like uh, agonizing masturbatory like film i've seen since oceans 12 <laughs> like we're just a cast and the crew is just like yes we made this thing but we don't oh take it God. seriously like here only mickey rourke is in there like trying to do a serious role like the whole thing with sam rockwell and leslie bibb being real life couple and the whole Tony like it's just so and it's just like robert downey jr's victory lap for not washing out of hollywood it's uh, it's just so bad the only thing good about it is seeing War Machine and Black Widow make their de- debut. Like, And I hate Iron Man 3 a lot, too. So, like, I mean, I've always maintained Iron Man is the worst franchise in this whole thing, even though Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony me. Stark is the most popular <laughs> character. Dude, the franchise is garbage. I'm sorry. Look, no, Iron you Man are not going to get
4: great. any argument from me. Iron on Man 1 I is great. 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 Iron Man well, 2 is
3: trash. Also a
2: huge part of Iron Cap's Man
3: 3 story, is
1: trash. So. Iron Man three could have been. See, I got to, I got to defend draft. it. I did
3: not like, I did not like Iron Man three when it came out. Iron Man three has really grown on me over the years. I still don't think it's perfect. I think that uh, guy yeah, Pierce I, as I a feel, villain. I
1: feel like you're the kind of person who would love Iron Man three. Like that's the thing. No, about I, it, like. I think, I think it has one of the worst <laughs>
3: villains in the that's whole MCU. Insane. In oh,
4: so Guy insane.
3: Pierce. Uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. Um, uh, Killian yeah, exactly. Aldrich. Killian. Killian, Aldrich so Killian is terrible. Yes. Is ter- He's a terrible villain. I, but I think no, the Trevor Slattery stuff is worse. what I made think, me mad. I
1: honestly think Malkeith is the is the most generic, forgettable villain. I think Matt's right about that. But here's the thing: I think Thor: The Dark World is criminally underrated for how funny it is. Like it is just like it is just kind of wall to wall jokes until it gets like serious at certain parts. But like it is funny. Cat. I'll Denny's give you that alone. Kat Dennings and Chris yeah. Dow alone, like, help carry that movie. All the stuff in, like, Europe is actually pretty funny. Um, See, I think the, the I think that movie tries to be portals, funny. The ending sequence with yeah, Portals is one of the fun, the most fun Marvel big bad battles I've seen. Like, because they're all just CGI, like, I punch you, Slugfest. Like, Thor the Dark World actually has some fun with it. The whole thing with him trying to ride the two back to the fight, like, all of that, like... There's just some funny moments in that. It's not as great as Tyka's humor in Ragnarok, obviously, but Tyka's like a master comedian. And Alan Taylor just tried to, and the writers just tried, and his whatever, I don't know, small army of writers put that movie together, um, yeah. tried to do it. And like a lot of the performers had to save it, but like, yeah. Like Kat Dennings is hilarious in that movie. Oh, Chris she's Hemsworth, great. That's the first thing that probably let people know
4: that Crims Hemsworth could be
1: really funny. In that movie. Um, Mm. And what I'll say is I
4: agree with you completely on your take on Iron Man 2 as well. Because, like, no, don't get it twisted. These are all terrible films. Like, these are all (laughs) terrible movies. Uh, But... I, Iron Man Two has the Black Widow sequence, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Like the Black Widow sequence is awesome. The War Machine stuff that is in there is cool. That's enough to get it for me over the forgetfulness. You're talking about two cool it.
1: superhero. Policies. I exactly. I am when, telling you that there's not much. Somebody on the floor and her bad wig. It's so cool. I love that outfit. I stand and by that costume. Laser spin thing and that's that so hair. that you're constantly yeah.
2: making? That costume and the hair is, is cool. Wig? I still stand by it. Yeah. You
1: guys are crazy, but and, <laughs> I, yeah, you're nuts. but um, no, I mean, I liked, I mean, and there are some cool things they do with, uh, whatchamacallit, Triple A's character when they turn him, I want to call him Scourge. I can't remember all these characters' names now, like uh, <laughs> that kind of whole thing, and uh, like I said, oh, also because Thor, the Dark World, also has one of the big, best uh post-credits scenes, which kind of finally confirmed that we were getting the Infinity Saga and like all of yeah, that, so... The-
3: Oh, that's awesome. The best thing about Thor: The Dark World is that post-credit scene. It, that's without true. without hesitation,
1: I give you that. Yeah. So I the mean, best thing like, about yeah. the
2: first Thor is the casting.
3: Oh wow!
2: Oh my god! Great job! They did a great job, they did a great job casting. Oh, they did. Angle. I just I didn't mean that in oh. a no tino shade way. I'm saying like that they did a brilliant job of casting Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. That. Thank God they did choose those characters. They gave these no, like these actors that are fairly unknown this chance to run with these characters, and they did a brilliant job. And I think that these actors carried that film because they were so good individually and together. And that's why, I I mean I still hung in there for Thor because I loved these two actors and these two characters, and they did a great job. And the casting directors did a great job. And I love what Thor has become because it's some of my favorite. One of my favorite movies in the entire series, you know, so like later on, obviously, and and their you know, their roles in The Avengers and all of those. I mean, i I, I honestly like I get this bad rap of saying, I love everything, but I honestly am one of those people who just love everything. <laughs> so it's hard for me to really hate anything when I'm arguing with these these men on this podcast. It is hard for me to find fault with anything, but if I had to pick, I was disappointed mostly in Thor and also the Incredible Hulk.
4: Uh, yeah, Incredible Hulk. That we will save that for another grenade, another time. Because that I feel almost like Hulk's not amazing. Still one, any one of the best end movies. battles. Come on, Hulk versus Abomination,
0: <laughs> Harlem
1: son. Like that was, <laughs> it was really good.
2: <laughs> I, know. It was so I good. love this.
1: When was the last time I believed in real love in the MCU? You know, Betty Grant, wow. she would have held, that got held deep. Bruce Banner. Oh man, that got I got deep. I, very I, I watched, uh,
3: my wife and I just watched The Illusionist with Edward Norton the other night, and it was it it is so much like the Hulk in a lot of the worst ways, but it's very clear that Ed, Edward Norton has a lot of trouble, like with chemistry, like when they're casting him, no no person that he's ever been with in these movies does it feel like a genuine relationship you know the, the him and Jessica Biel in this movie was so awkward almost as bad as him and Liv Tyler in the Hulk it just never feels wow. real I don't know what it is about Edward Norton because I like Edward Norton but it never feels like a real relationship it's like oh that's that's fake cool <laughs> it's too good of an
1: actor for human emotions Charlie clearly
0: <laughs>
1: come on all right so one more time around the room my worst of the MCU Iron Man 2
2: uh Incredible Hulk for me or Thor <laughs> I mean it's, it's,
3: it's, I, I'm, I'm pretty clear Thor the Dark World I, I don't you know I, there's no reservation in my mind
4: uh, I will
1: stick with Thor the Dark World alright so looks like Thor loses you guys can are can we do crazy. a
2: best of like next podcast so we can no, be positive. it's not
1: all going to be positive and rainbows. stop <laughs> trying to like stuff it's not going down alright now talking about moving on talking about not liking stuff we're next going to talk about something that this whole quarantine situation has brought back up. The Snyder Cut. It uh-huh. won't die. But this time, I mean, things are actually different because, you know, it's, there's legitimate timing and reason now to be talking about getting the Snyder Cut, right? I was kind of breaking this down in a conversation. Here's DC Slate right now this year. Birds of Prey. Which bombed at the box office? I think we
3: can now. It did not bomb. Shut up! It okay. was fine. Whoa! What?
1: It was fine. Okay. Jeez.
3: And now we turn I mean, up. Charlie, say your piece on it, Birds of <laughs> Prey. I mean, no, it, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't some massive hit or anything. I understand that, but like, it made its money back in a weekend. That's not a bomb. Is it
1: still, like the lowest grossing DC movie. Yeah, but budget-wise, it had a less than yeah, everything but. but Joker.
3: There's a yeah but to that? It had okay. less than every movie but Joker. So it, it, it didn't need it, to make the same amount of money but that still, another movie but Joker
1: did. Joker made like a lot of money for a DC movie with a low budget. Yeah, Joker was
3: a, an astounding box office success. That doesn't mean that Birds of Prey was a failure because it didn't equal it. That's a ridiculous train of thought. An absolutely insane train of thought that a movie... Is a failure because it doesn't make as much as another movie that has nothing to do with okay, it. Okay, well,
1: I mean, as of this, it's estimated to have made about 200 million. It's estimated to have to make 250 to 300 million just I to love break this, even. By
3: the way. That's, I don't know where you're getting those figures because that's not, I uh, that is love
1: variety this. This is amazing. of March 17th, 2020.
2: I didn't see this in the theater, but I am very excited for it to release. Yeah, Janelle's
4: quickly. the reason and it bombed.
2: I, <laughs> I mean, oh
3: yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, it didn't bomb, <laughs> Matt. It's fine. It's because it a movie that makes two hundred million dollars and costs less than one hundred to to physically produce <laughs> is not a bomb.
4: I'm such an instigator. Anyway, yes.
3: So <laughs> I mean, with marketing costs, Charlie, with marketing costs, I will it be is purchasing kind of the digital.
1: It's an though. underperformer. Does that is that sound <laughs> better? I mean,
3: I mean, it, it. I think it was an average movie. People would call it underperforming because. When anything DC or Marvel is labeled anything, it goes to the extremes about how how it succeeds or fails. And okay. I think that when you you know well you make $200 that million movie dollars, that's
1: most likely not getting a sequel is going to be yeah. I mean I don't know what to say about this Charlie. Like, I'm trying to like work with you on this, but like I I'm, I'm just I'm
3: just trying to I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here because I don't think it's fair to call the movie a. Doolittle was a bomb. Cats was a bomb. You know mm-hmm. like. This
4: this
2: I want to see both Broke of even or
4: <laughs> Oh god, made why do you money? want to sew cats? <laughs> oh, cats is amazing. Just
2: for fun. I no, mean it's, it's not Charlie. you am getting said desperate it yourself. at this point. <laughs> Oh my Okay, god. well, so all release the Snyder cut and the release the I don't even know
1: where I am right cut. now, but okay, here was the point <laughs> ah, to what you, I Janelle. was saying. Birds <laughs> of prey. it it's not making the money for the year that Warner Brothers can recoup for the year. Wonder Woman has been kind of bounced out to later in the schedule. Why not release the Snyder cut now? Is the point of this, right? It'd like, be awesome because it doesn't exist. It's the exist. only thing because it's not going to be a money maker. Like that's not the point. But this could at least generate a lot of buzz and conversation to keep the DC brand alive until Wonder Woman comes in to hopefully smash things and you know really kind of turn the year around. Because despite what Charlie says, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. This is not the kind of good year they're having on that franchise front right now. Right. So no, I, I think they
3: anticipated this? a better start with Birds of Prey. I, I agree. I think that it was less than they had hoped. I um, agree.
1: You should apply to be part of the freaking Birds of Prey PR team because you're really good at this. But like,
2: <laughs> yes. when, Do we know when they're digitally releasing, what the date is
3: on wow. that? On what? Charlie? Birds of Prey? Uh, it's out right now.
2: It is out right now. Okay, well it then that's today. probably what I'll be doing.
4: Uh, it's really I like love the
1: market awareness portion. I, I, I
4: love I when grenades I I come that. out of surprising places. Like this is yeah, not supposed to be a
1: grenade. Charlie's
4: really <laughs> upset about
1: people.
3: People writing that birds of prey. I will take that.
4: I'm not, no, cut. I just I, I don't think it's. <laughs> I how do think you feel about
1: the Snyder cut coming out now, Charlie?
3: I mean, if it's real, that's great. but (laughs) if it doesn't like we we don't know we have we have zach snyder who is whining about how real it is no one else is like oh yeah that exists like it's if it exists, I would I, I, I would it, like aren't to there see it. are stunt
1: coordinators, Momoa? Aren't there other people co- like cooperating this? There are big time, time like
3: Snyder people thing? who are like, yeah, oh, you yeah, know, it exists. And it's like, well, so do you understand how the whole hooks? movie b- – Is that what you're saying? No. No, I think Snyder that there is something finished, but I think that there's still a lot of like VFX to be done and work to be done that Warner so Brothers is not to It so cool if they did it
2: documentary style. That would be just – that would Stop be cool. Stop stealing we...
3: my ideas, Janelle, Wheeler. No,
2: I'm this <laughs> is Hey guys, me, there's man. a there's a
3: book
1: coming <laughs> I, out. I got
2: that idea from you, Kofi, and I will admit that, and I've been like hopeful for it ever since, honestly.
1: Yeah, um yeah, the book coming out. Oh, Jesus. No, it's not
3: getting <laughs> No, uh, okay, so if if it is if if there is a finished product out there, which that's that's my doubt. I I think that he probably filmed enough. My concern is in the finished VFX and in all the all the post work that has to be done. I don't believe that that's all finished because Warner Brothers spent too much money already reshooting most of the movie. So if yeah. it, by some miracle that that is done and there is a full Zack Snyder cut, it it all comes down to whether Warner Brothers is okay with swallowing its pride or not. That's Got it. that's where we're at, and I I would like to see it. I'd be I'm really interested to see his ideas. But then if that movie actually turns out to be something people besides the Zack Snyder faithful that already exists, if it turns out to be something that all of us really like, then they've created a situation where like, hey, our mistake cost us a franchise that people would have shown up for and cost us a lot of money. And they have to be okay with accepting that and be okay with making that statement. And I don't know if a studio as big as Warner Brothers with more projects to come, like a new Batman with a new actor and a new director and a new vision, are I don't know if they're going to be okay to do that. Because now you're saying, well, actually, this one was actually pretty good. So are you going to still come out for this other one? And it just, it creates this weird, this weird distance between what they had and what they have more so than what already exists. And I'm just, I'm not sure that, that Warner Brothers would do that.
2: I get that. Yeah, that's understandable. But I wish they would anyways. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Yeah.
1: (laughs) My only point in this, and my only dog in this fight, because we've done this so many times on this podcast over the course of 100-odd episodes, is that (laughs) this is a good PR time for it because the brand is not, like, crackling. It's not making headlines. Like, nobody's checking for, like, really what's... Trust us. We have the numbers. Aside from the Batman, nobody's really, like, checking all that much for what's next, even though they have good things cooking, like James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So this is a good way to kind of, like, just keep yourself in the conversation. Look like you're doing something good for fans. It's a PR win on multiple levels if during these times when everybody's locked down, you gave these crazy Snyder Cut fanatics and book writers their their actual Snyder Cut. However you can put it out, whether it's a documentary, partially, whatever it is. Like, let them just get a thing. Just, just do it as some fun PR game on the internet. Drop them, like, a whatever, like a... I forget what those things... I don't even know. What's that video service? (laughs) There's so many now. Put it on Um, Quibi. Yeah, put it on Quibi. (laughs) Put it on something. Just (laughs) drop it in there and snippets. 10-minute snippets on Quibi every day. That'd be great, right? Find some clever way to do it, because people are looking for content. They're looking to be online and have conversation right now. Like, you know, why not?
4: I understand, because I'm the same way with you guys. I feel like, yes, that's what I want. I do understand where Charlie's coming from, though, because... If you look at it from a the way they've handled other stuff, like I know right now they're still trying, like the creators and everything are still trying to get the documentary style thing for Justice League Mortal to come mm-hmm. out. And there's even opposition for that. And that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> so God. like I get that they're kind of not very open about that kind of thing typically so i mean i understand that like the likelihood is still kind of up there but yeah i agree with kofi as far as like it would be just an amazing way to capitalize on something that despite us wanting it to at times it's not going away like this thing is not going anywhere it's going to be here for i feel like three more years if they don't release something so just do it get it out of the way and let's move on (laughs) now you mentioned that you probably good point matt let me if I'd be I'd be
3: excited to see the Snyder Cut. I would absolutely watch the Snyder Cut. Um, I, I, I'm really interested to see what Zach was going to do with it. But if given the choice, I would take George Miller's Justice League Mortal ten times out of ten over whatever. Like no matter how good the Zack Snyder Justice League would have been, if I could see a glimpse of what George Miller was
4: doing, <laughs> yeah, with Justice
3: League Mortal. Oh man,
4: oh man. I I agree. Just the Martian Manhunter alone. No, look. George months. Miller alone.
3: Yeah, George
4: true. Miller doing a Justice League movie is so so good. Two phrase, I want to see both. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I I I understand where it no, comes from because
1: George Miller made Mad Max, which was you know the thing he's made like and made a really good one. Does not mean Justice League would have automatically turned out awesome. Like, oh no, it would. Be I don't think it would have
3: automatically looks, turned out awesome. But I think awesome,
4: but the I the full, that there's. I
1: think the full amazing Justice League potential by snack by Zack Snyder would have turned out pretty awesome. Oh,
4: yeah. I'm not comparing them. I want to see... I mean, for me, anyway, I didn't know if, Charlie, like you want to see it because it, like, it will be good. I think it looks terrible in a train wreck. I think it would be
3: awesome. I think it looks great oh. in a way that, that's, that yeah, Raimi you,
1: Spider-Man see, this is what like, it has that tone Charlie. of Raimi Spider-Man. Of oh, no.
4: I've gone you're down like, a very... I I I've gone down a corrupt road. I did not think it was going to be good. It looks terrible. Oh, no. I think it
3: absolutely... Oh, I think it absolutely okay. it works in a way that the good superhero movies of, like, the early to mid-2000s did. I don't oh. think it's bad like the Fantastic Four, uh, but I think it works on a level like Raimi's Spider-Man.
1: Well, uh. moving right along. No, I'm <laughs> No, but seriously, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I never know if the Snyder Cut thing is ever going to go truly anywhere, but uh, keep hope alive, I guess. All right, moving right along. If, seriously, uh, Matt, did you want to get it? I mean, you had a variety of things you were all excited about to talk about. Did you want to talk about any of them?
4: Yeah, Wrestling, so I'll just do a, a really quick I'll do a really quick uh, rundown. So I know we've been keeping yeah, up with the right uh, real quick uh, <laughs> We've been keeping up with the WrestleMania stuff. So last time uh, we checked in with it, uh, it was being done uh, on the network. It was going to be done in the Performance center in Orlando, so all the tickets and everything for uh, the actual show before were being refunded and all that. Now it's still doing that, but uh, it's been split into two nights. So instead of it all being uh, on Sunday night, which is typically, uh, I believe that's April 5th, it's actually gonna be split into two giant things and it's gonna be uh, the fourth and the fifth. And then also there's rumors, nothing's been confirmed, but there's rumors that they're gonna kind of take the opportunity of not having a crowd and kind of being able to do whatever they want to like do the some matches in like a more cinematic, format you know especially the one that's got you know the fiend the john cena they could kind of take up the horror aspects last time they did this we ended up with a terrible uh slugs projected on the mat instance that was terrible (laughs) and that was not recommended viewing so hopefully this would be better i don't know uh so we will have to see but uh that's kind of the latest from wwe also uh there was a big takeover Wait, for nxt it's show it's
1: kind of awesome that wwe's become like
4: masterpiece
1: theater <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh
1: at I kinda, this point uh, it's man. all we've
3: got i mean I are, are kind they of, testing
2: uh, them before they go into their because they're still having to be around cameramen producers yes directors so each other
4: there was a uh, there has been some like behind the scenes footage from like Right now, Because, I mean, they're still putting on shows. Like, there's still a SmackDown right. on Friday. There's still a yeah. Raw this last Monday. So they are taking, like, testing measures uh, more and more. Um, are they you just can doing the them. fever thing? Or are they actually
2: yeah. taking coronavirus tests?
4: They're actually, from what I understand, when they can, taking the tests. That's um, great. I mean,
2: that's good, keeping everyone healthy. Because these are Well, athletes. it's kind of
4: necessary now because two other mm-hmm. wrestlers have tested positive. Oh wow. So okay. uh they were removed from the show. One was actually gonna supposed to be in a match on Monday night. She was removed ahead of time. And you know, so they're doing the whole quarantine thing. So with two mm-hmm. wrestlers being that way, yeah, they have to test. And there's that's just good. no way to get around it. But yeah, they're yeah. they're trying to take it seriously. Um that's also why the NXT Show that takes place before WrestleMania the night before that has been canceled. But the good news is for people who watch NXT with me on Wednesday nights, that those matches that were going to be on the show are now going to be on the regular weekly show for the next two weeks. So it's kind of like having a mini pay-per-view for the next two weeks in a row, which is awesome because some great matches were lined up uh, for that night. So uh, if you want to check like the full match card and things like that for both WrestleMania and NXT, you can definitely check out our WWE page on comic book. Um, the other thing is the ps cases in
2: Orlando. Sorry, I'm yeah, just looking at statistics. That's where I'm from and I have a lot of family there. So I've been keeping a close uh, look on, you know, there's over 1,500 cases in Florida and orlando specifically i mean that's a huge part central florida's huge so that makes up a lot of cases and it's good to see that they're taking care of their company while still trying to provide entertainment to everyone i really appreciate what they're doing
4: they did come out just as a side thing they did come out and actually like are offering uh the network uh they're like offering like a bunch of free programming with the network. Uh, it's not everything wow. from what I understand, but they are trying yeah. to do that. So I know really last, cool. I think it was last week, I was kind of hard on them because like they should have done all this like weeks ago, by the way. Mm. should have been ahead of this and not, you know, make the city essentially like threaten them <laughs> to cancel. Oh my gosh. Uh, but now that they are, it's like nice to see them actually doing what they were supposed to be. Um, yeah. So on the other side of things though is the PlayStation 5, which uh, if anyone yes. watched... It live. I don't know if you watch Mark Cerny, uh, did like a presentation that was very much meant for GDC, and you can tell because uh, it was like uh, watching soothing jazz, like his voice <laughs> was like monotone and didn't really change. And like, I almost fell asleep, uh, talking about all these specs. It was very much like <laughs> engineer focused, it wasn't yep. for. The traditional consumer. Um, he went into all kinds of things, but there are a few takeaways that are interesting. One, uh, they cleared up the back uh backwards compatibility stuff. So uh the PS5 will be able to handle the majority of PS4 uh and beyond that, titles um will be backwards compatible. There was a thing where they only thought for a minute it was like the hundred most popular, but that got cleared up. So it will be the majority of things will be backwards compatible. Also, uh, their choice in SSD using that it was a big focus of the presentation. Um, when the specs came out, people compared them to the Xbox Series X and noticed that they it's not as powerful straight up with like their you know uh, GPU or whatever. Do we
2: need to have, like, a Brandon moment, like a BD moment? Xbox, man.
4: You're right. Yeah. Oh, man. That That was a
1: pretty sweet Brandon. He
2: loves (laughs) his Xbox.
4: So so here's the thing. And it was because immediately, if you went on social media during the presentation, it was like the console wars all over again of, well, it's not as powerful and da-da-da. But while it's not as powerful, the thing they kept saying was because we have switched to SSD and the way we load things essentially they are looking to get rid of loading times or make them incredibly minimal so it will be a faster machine and a smoother running machine from what they're saying than the xbox which has the power advantage but loads things in the same traditional way um for me i mean i know like certain games already load very quickly but if anyone plays like uh, especially with, like, the online multiplayer stuff and stuff has to load quickly. Uh, draw distance and things like that can still be big. Uh, but also RPGs, loading times are insanely long sometimes. Also, they said that when you go to download a patch or when you go to install the game, the SSD stuff should speed all that up as well. So if it is a faster machine, it might not be as powerful, but that's what they're yeah. targeting. So I mean, like uh,
1: faster, sleeker usability, like, I mean... Every time there's a new console, I used to buy into this crap like back in the day. But like, I realized eventually, like even when I buy a console that's supposedly powerful, I'm never like buying all of the equipment that maxes out that. Power exactly. Power
4: anyway, so. I still don't have a 4K TV. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm still not right. the And it's not a list of, of things to do. <laughs> Definitely not right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, that's how I feel. And ultimately, I mean, it comes down to the switch, games. So.
5: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, it still comes down to the games anyway. So if you know, Xbox ends up having the better first party exclusives. Then I'll probably end up getting an Xbox. You know, it just comes down to that. So that's you're like the sprint caught guy. up in the. I, game.
1: I don't like you. You're like the sprint
0: guy.
4: He <laughs> used to be with Verizon. What? Now he's doing all those sprint commercials. Don't
0: well, I had a three. Th- well, okay,
4: <laughs> but I've gone back and forth like o- almost every yeah, generation. I, know like, a I had a three sixty.
1: I've heard this whole thing. Yeah, Except for were, my Dreamcast, which Sega. was my favorite track.
4: console. <laughs> My favorite console ever was my Sega Dreamcast. R.I.P. Man, that says, well, I mean, yeah. You seem like that
1: type of person as well. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I but, love But uh, Dreamcast. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not hating on the PS5. It all sounds good. I like the backwards compatibility. I like the sleeker design. I like all this stuff. So is that it, Matt? That's it. All right. Stay tuned because when we get back, we're going to start our deep dives. We're going to talk about The Walking Dead, saying goodbye to a major character. We're going to try to get our heads around this Tiger King netflix true crime docuseries and we're going to talk about some true confessions about all the crazy reality crap we've been watching while we're on lockdown so stay tuned for all of that
5: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: All right. So The Walking Dead this week, this was uh, Denai Guerrero's big exit as Michonne. Um, As has become traditional for The Walking Dead's biggest characters, you know, well, okay, well, I'm not going to get into that before we say a big spoiler warning.
2: Oh, yeah, Uh, spoilers.
1: Yeah, spoiler warning, because, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about if we don't talk about what happened in the episode being her last episode, which is not a spoiler. Um, Yes. So, spoilers for this episode, the final Michonne episode of The Walking Dead. So, it's become, as I said, it's become traditional for these leads. They don't really kill them off they kind of leave them off the show or give them something to do that takes them out of the show but sets them up for some of the other things the franchise is doing. And in this episode uh which was, you know, a good acting showcase for Denai and kind of a good Michonne story that kind of recapped her time on the series and all the stuff she had been through um in this weird kind of very standalone focused episode. We did get one kind of big universe expansion moment where she found the first proof of life that Rick Grimes is still alive and out there in the world. She found uh, his boots and uh, a cell phone that he had kind of carved a picture of her and Judith into, and so she Crazy. basically went on a mission to track down Rick. And instead of going back to Alexandria because you know they handled the Whisper War already, or so we think, and she's going to go find Rick. And this, of course, is set up that can connect to these Rick Grimes movies that are being kind of made. Um, and so it was a kind of, like I said, it was a good showcase for Denai Guerrero and kind of like what she's done in the franchise. And I agree. I While well, some people might think it's like a cop-out, the way they kind of handle it, I like, because I think her and, and Andrew Lincoln have gotten to the point in this series where they don't need to be there. I've said it over and over again in the last few weeks that I think The Walking Dead is stronger without just having the central characters in it. Yeah. The feeling that people can go at any time and kind of being about the ensemble more so. Um, and it makes the Rick Grimes movie an event I would actually then, uh, I'm going to be excited for and have it peak on my radar because it'll be about kind of Rick and Michonne and, you know, them possibly, you know, coming back together and all that. So Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the better exits on The Walking Dead. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the episode because it was very... It did what kind of what I really like about Fear the Walking Dead when it when it nails things when it because it kind of goes into individual characters and gives them these great episodes. I love those kind of standalones. too. Standalones, and so this yeah, was another one of those.
2: I love the standalones. I will say that the ending and kind of the open ended story that they left us, us with was really great, and I, I enjoy that as well because I am excited for the Rick Grimes movies, and I do want her to be a part of that. I don't want him to be alone in those. I want him to have some kind of like. Uh, attachment back to the to the show and our original uh, crew. But I I've gotten a lot of mixed motions from uh, my friends that I've been talking to about this about the inside of the episode, the meat of it with the kind of drugging situation and the hallucinations. and um it's something that The Walking Dead doesn't do often, but it has. It's done it, we've seen Rick actually hallucinating that Lori has, uh, wife was calling him after she was killed. Um, we've seen visions with uh, Morgan and things like that, and mental health things like that. But we haven't actually seen anyone be drunk or high <laughs> on the show that I can remember, or at least in this much detail. And as much as I actually appreciated it, and I kind of just I take it for what it is. And I just I'm just really into the show in general. I'm a big fan of things going in different ways than i had thought they'd be in i've heard from a lot of people who are not happy about this they said it was such a waste of time
1: i don't know Yeah, i mean i think it depends on what you define waste of time as like i thought this was a good i mean for my reasons for liking it were that this was a character focused episode it was about michonne and it was about kind of her worries about and the drugging thing was making her confront like her biggest worry about herself which this character's Biggest arc, and it's hard to remember now because we're so far into the series. But her, it, w- it was a very slow process for her to be able to reintegrate herself with people after oh, yeah. being out on the road and, and kind of walking with the dead and doing that whole thing. And mm-hmm. what I liked about the hallucinations, which I think hallucinations are a weird gimmick. It's like you can either use them very well, like the Spider-Man right. Far From Home stuff, which was great with the Mysterio visions and kind of mm-hmm. the subtleties of what was in there. Yeah, really good. Um, I like this because it, it was a vision, this alternate thing that was good for fans in a way for like a payoff as a gimmick, but also it was about Michonne kind of wondering like if her deepest fear was if she had become this other kind of person, like mm-hmm. if she had not rediscovered compassion and stuff like that, that brought her together with Rick and love and all that stuff. And it was kind of cool to see her for me, at least in another version a dark version of her that like, would have been like with the saviors and a badass. Well, it's also them. interesting
2: to think about that. Like, and we've talked about this on After the Dead. If Rick's group, if we would have been with Negan's group from the beginning and we had this loyalty to them, we would think that Rick's group are monsters because of what they did coming in and murdering people in their sleep and attacking their home and uh, starting the war. Like, it's, it, I like that side too. It's kind of showing like if Michonne was on their side you know, Rick would have been the monster. He would have been the Negan, the bad guy. And that's always interesting to play with. And I'm glad that they acknowledged that in this episode because I don't think they've ever acknowledged that on the show.
1: Yeah. And so, like, for me, like you say, waste of time. Like, there was no need to adv- – I mean, this is – obviously the, this was literally set up to be an to episode – On an – yeah, on an island. Like, yep. I, I don't think they could tell you any more heavy-handedly, like – this is no longer about the main plot narrative. Like, right? We've literally sailed this character out on a boat to a freaking <laughs> island and locked her in a room <laughs> with so. a
2: stranger, yeah, someone we don't stranger, care about. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so this is obviously a showcase for Denai and like I said, it it was good to see her kind of go through the motions and just get together and be able to put together a highlight reel of, you know, acting cuz she is a wonderful actress so. She's so good. Gosh. I mean, there's she's nothing so There's literally nothing else to do, so I don't know what people thought the waste of time was. There's literally <laughs> nothing else to do in this episode. So, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited for that Rick Grimes movie. Me too. Uh all right, so Just that was The Walking Dead. Uh, when we get back next week, we're going to get back to the aftermath of you know the big whisper war kind of surprise with Alpha getting killed and all that stuff. So we'll see how the Beta rest of season ten B the plays lead. out. Yeah, oh yeah, we, we get to see Alpha's
2: head on a s- stick.
1: And finally, Ugh. yeah, Jeffrey D. Morgan kind of stepping up and taking control of the show. It would be. I'm so really
2: excited. So,
1: all right, next moving up, Charlie. This is your moment to shine. You told us all along we had to be ready for this. The new Netflix docuseries, Tiger King, is out. And I mean, God, what this thing is crazy. I can't stop watching this. I've gotten through the first episode, and then my wife called me watching it and was like, I want to see this, so now I have to like hold up and and wait until
2: episode three. That's all I'm saying. Episode
1: Episode three is
3: the best episode.
2: Oh, Um, I just finished it right before the podcast, and I was like, She she I have to eat crow. I'm eating crow. I said this was going to be such a stupid show. I was like, I can't believe this from the trailers. All I saw was him trying to sing country music on the back of a pickup truck. This show is, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, can, I can't wait to end this podcast so I can continue watching it. I'm, I'm going to binge this for the rest of the day. It's so, so
1: good. Yes, if you can't tell from Janelle's enthusiasm, this is becoming a thing. But Tiger <laughs> King. So just to go over this one more time, and it is a hard thing to just explain to somebody. It's about this guy named Joey Exotica who is one of the premier big cat owners in America. He's out in Oklahoma. And it's kind of this story about how he, how and why he rose up as this kind of larger-than-life character who was operating this kind of big cat zoo and showcase and his crazy history of how he kind of climbed that ladder and got into a war with, like, PETA and particularly one lady with who was kind of against his whole kind of trade of keeping big cats in cages and doing these kind of amateur zookeeper things that he was doing. And it just gets crazier from there. Like, that's the only way to kind of really
3: set the stage. For- Jesus there with there like is murder and drugs. Yeah. And you think yeah. one thing oh about the murder, God.
2: but then it ends up being something else. And you're like, what? Oh, man. And no. every
3: single one of these people in the show is absolutely <laughs> insane. character character it's
1: kind of like it's hard to like this whole under like counterculture that apparently exists in america is is it is insane and like it this reminds me kind of of the don't f with cats like one that was also kind of popular like right before we all got on lockdown um in terms of just yeah there's a subculture of people like operating in this world doing all this and it's There are clear heroes and villains to this, but, like, everybody looks crazy, like, overall. Yes. Because you're just, like... And it's funny to hear each of them talk about the other side. Like, no, man, they're the crazy ones, like... And if you're not paying attention, like, you could start nodding your head. You're, like, listening to this dude with, like, half his teeth and, like, one (laughs) finger. (laughs) The husband, John? Oh, I love him. Oh, no, not even him. Like, I was just thinking, like, one of his zookeeper buddies, like, I've gotten to know them all well enough yet, but, like... He's just sitting there talking about how Peta's like crazy and follows them and stuff, and I'm just like looking at him in the room and he's sitting in, and I'm like, dude.
2: All uh, I'm saying is, I lived in Tampa, and I almost went to that big cat rescue so many times just for fun with friends. And after watching episode three, I'm very glad I avoided the woman in charge because
3: yeah. she is like the the show sets it up like this woman Carol Baskin who runs Big Cat Rescue. She I mean, is I as bad, crazy, if not worse, than everyone table. else on the show.
2: She's the you know,
3: worst. No, no I mean, Doc Andes to... is the worst. Okay. The the yeah, cult leader guy I, I, in I'm Carolina. I'm not trying to get wait, wait. sued
2: for defamation, but yeah, I just, just truly believe that episode Careful. three has a lot to show. Like, it depends on what you believe by the end of that episode, but man, oh man. I. I so this think is a good thing because you guys are news. saying
1: this, and I'm still on just seeing episode one, but immediately I could tell, like, no, none of these people are the hero. Like,
3: Right, because episode one, they're, yeah, they're all terrible.
1: Like, it tries to make it objective and like be like, well, you know, here's everybody and here's everybody's side, and I was like, nah, everybody here's crazy, right? Uh, well, and <laughs> the, the the
3: one guy is like a straight up cult leader. Um, well, I knew the doctor didn't care
1: He just looks like he he does weird sex stuff with big cats in the background with people
3: like you know like yeah,
1: and he I, has all I, these
3: like. like Lady, wife, slaves, and teenager.
1: It's, yeah. Hey, spoilers. I got to get into this slowly, Charlie. I got to slow. Oh, they, they, they lay
3: that out in episode one. There's, it, it, there was a moment. I believe it's in episode two. It's not spoiling too much, but there was a moment when my wife and I were watching the show. We kind of looked at each other, had the same thought, and what they were highlighting this one guy who he's not. He's not a main character in the story, but his name's Mario, and he is one of the big cat people. He lives in. Is in, that the uh, Miami, Miami guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I
2: loved him. He yeah. was
3: he was a he was a former drug lord. He like assisted, or you know, his people killed a federal agent. He went to jail for for it. And it's like he's done all this crazy stuff. He is the most normal of all these big cat people that are featured on the show. <laughs> Amen. Like, oh my god. That's that's how this show is. Is that like I mean, this guy who did all these horrible things is the most relatable normal person on the show. And he's not even that. It's not he's super normal, but he is the easiest one to be like, oh, that's just a guy. Yeah. It's it's yep. crazy how these people live, and like Janelle said, episode three gets into the backstory of Carol Baskin, and that entire because episode two ends, it's like it's kind of coming to an end, and you're thinking like, oh, this is you know this show's exciting, this bunch of different stuff, and then there's this line, like, it's about fun, Carol Baskin's it's a fun past, show. yeah, like Joe Exotic says something about Carol, and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Because he says it so casually, and the last yeah. like two minutes of the episode are like setting up this giant story about Carol and episode three is all about that story. And it's like one of the most engrossing hours of television I've experienced in a long time. Same. It's Oh my God. She's just laughing the whole time
2: too, which I cannot believe about every her side of the story. She's just laughing the whole, she's giggling the entire time. No remorse, no sadness. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, dude
4: i can not I mean, you guys I, I, watch I wanted this to, i wanted to
3: put a spoiler warning in here but kofi hadn't seen it either so i don't want to I, I don't want do tweet it and we can talk about it next week too. don't worry about it i totally know how to change that <laughs> yeah all i'm gonna say is that i i believe that i side in in terms of the carol baskin history and, and what carol baskin did or did not do i think that i side with joe exotic on that one issue same i do too I think and he's I feel right like he's more transparent.
2: That. Like he's like, "This is what's up. This is who I am, and I'm just going to say it." She's more like she has all these hidden things.
3: Mm. Basically, episode three is all a right, d- you guys into enough. We're shutting this down. Whether or not so you guys spoil this whole, <laughs> she, oh my god! <laughs> she looks
2: like you could
3: be big cat preserve. I'm getting out of here. Let's keep. Moving. No, I'm just. <laughs> I, I, I think that the thing that the thing that he thinks she did, I think she did it. That's all I'm saying.
2: They could have made a whole series just We've about this theories, one episode. We've Tinfoil
1: man, we got to keep moving. So, yes, hey, watch, okay. watch, the, right from, watch the
3: show and you'll agree with me.
1: Moving yeah. right from Tiger King to something that is now timely, we were going to talk about reality show confessions, and it is a great time as we've just gotten the news that Netflix has renewed the Love is Blind and The Circle for two more seasons.
2: Oh, yay.
1: Boom. Boom. So there we go. So, yeah, we were just going to tell you guys real quick and do some quick confessions. Now we got to keep it moving because we're running out of time, but, uh... Yeah, I'm I'm going to be open. Like, I haven't watched reality TV in years because, you know, I like my time and my life and to use it wisely, but uh, yeah, I've had a lot of time on my hands, and, you know, you need something to really distract you from what's going on in the world sometimes, and it's kind of hard because, like, half the movies I watch are either, like, superhero movies about somebody going to try to release a virus or something and destroy the world, or horror films where it's actually happened, or sci-fi horror things where it's actually happened, so that's not mm-hmm. really helping me right now. So I needed something <laughs> dumb I can put on. Uh something yeah. that I can be around two kids running around mm-hmm. and have on. And uh so reality TV has really kind of come back and filled that void. And so after all this buzz, I finally dipped in away, locked away, you know, from the public mm-hmm. in eyes of shame into Love is Blind and the Circle. And I think we you guys have heard, if you've been listening to the show, us nearly fall apart over our discussions of Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Uh so we're not going to get into that now. Uh, some of you have some really. It's worth a watch, even for the person who like some it. Some of you came I, away with some crazy opinions about Love Is Blind that you yeah. don't need to open. We don't need to open those wounds again. But um, I did watch the Circle because that was like one of the first ones that was really buzzing right before we all got locked in, and uh, I really enjoyed the Circle. I think I was telling Janelle about this. So yeah, like uh, yeah, I I'm going to start Circle, it. And uh, it, it's crazy. Because we watched something like The Circle that two weeks ago I thought was, like, a trash concept. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever watch that. And the reason I started watching it, because I, when I revisited it and watched the trailer, I was like, holy crap, this could be the only reality show we get to produce for, like, the next two years. <laughs> like, oh, this might be the gosh. only viable one we can produce in the era of freaking COVID-19. Is one where people sit in separate rooms and try to form social media, social media circles is, and that's the premise. It's a bunch of people More love connections. And yeah, love they is try to, they're all in a social media <laughs> chat thread and they're playing a game against each other to become the most popular of this social media circle. So that's basically what it is. Um, and there are catfish involved. There's some colorful characters involved. Uh, but uh, I ended up liking the circle, man. I actually uh, ended up liking it. I even liked Joey, which was a, which was a big <laughs> surprise because I didn't think I would. But uh, I like No, the the first episode, it's like, oh, man,
3: I'm going to hate Joey. But then at the end, you're like, okay, I kind of really like Joey.
1: I really like Joey. You're like, yeah. I liked everybody. I liked most of the main character players I ended up really liking. I was embarrassed to say that the guy Ed, uh, where he comes from, Concha Hocken, is down the street from where I grew up. So that's like – those are the – that are the people I grew up with like in – That's my world, (laughs) that guy, and his mom, when I found out his mom's name was Tammy, I was like, yeah, 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 I get, yeah, That, that sounds about right, Ed, Tammy, like, yeah, that was totally my Philadelphia upbringing in a nutshell right there, but I liked Ed too, so I wasn't hating, and, uh, Sammy definitely was a Delco girl, uh, only certain people will truly understand what that means, but, like, I knew there was something, I was like, something about this girl, but when she was from Delco, I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy The Circle. It's just, it's stupid, but it's, like, funny. And, like, The People, it really does bring out the p- characters of The People in a genuine non-reality show way, kind of, that's refreshing. They're not all, like, just pretending to be something. And the, even the ones that are pretending to be something are kind of genuine and they're pretending. So, yeah, I recommend The Circle. That was me. That's my reality show shame. Matt? I know you have a ton of it, so go ahead and share.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you for that lead-in. Uh, well, I will say, I mean, uh, most people have seen Twitter or listen to me know it's it's Bachelor right now. Uh, I love bachelor, the Bachelor, Chess. dude, it's so good. So Bachelor just wrapped, which to me, perhaps, uh, one of the worst Bachelors ever, as Agreed. far as like the person. is uh, yep. kind of a sleaze bag. Um, but just, just, just that one person? Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, look, just, there's a lot to take in, but him as a bachelor, he's he was kind of terrible. Like he I was heard terrible. that they
2: like to choose bachelors and bachelorettes that are what they say moldable, like easy to work with for the producers. And I would say he seemed like the most easy to work with bachelor yeah. I've ever seen, which means he basically did whatever the producers wanted him to do, which means nothing felt real or authentic.
4: Yeah. And he was just kind of, it, he, he pulled some sleazy things throughout his season. And his but,
2: mom, she was
1: a star Oh my gosh,
4: she's awful. Anyone who watched she's the finale, so which did by the way, awesome if you have the
1: finale, I will admit to that, she, woof,
4: she laid she's into awful, that girl awesome. like, it was,
1: amazing. I mean, no, she's real.
4: not awesome. She is awful. <laughs> she kept it real. <laughs> she's terrible.
2: I, I thought it was so cool, like refreshing to see like the she parents actually having emotion. Oh,
4: boy, to see yeah, a clean mother? Out. No, a mother who doesn't know how to cut the umbilical cord. No, that's not real.
2: As someone who has dated many men, most moms, sorry, are like that, and they are not pleasant to be around. Sorry, and that's true. Like it was nice to actually see. Oh my gosh, there's actually something real. It's not this this woman pretending to be happy about their son marrying someone they just met on national television.
4: I agree, but it's not applause worthy to, for her to be like that. Like, I I'm not going to applaud applause, a terrible but person. But I would
2: say it was interesting.
4: <laughs> I will and say I uh, grow, a grow a backbone. Grow a backbone, dude. All right? I'm sorry. That's I, I, <laughs> I get it. I'm close more. with my mother too, but have a spine. All right? He, he, he looked over and was like, stop, mom. I was like, oh my gosh, shut the hell up. St- like, grow yeah. a backbone. I agree. Anyway.
1: Nah, do I not agree. disregard Matt Aguilar's advice. Never side with your against your mother with a reality
4: show. No, don't you, you gotta that. no, that just is garbage. That. that is garbage. You gotta, I'm laying you that down gotta a stand up to blanket generalization.
1: I don't like to ever generalize, but in team this Madison, case, by the way.
4: Disregard this man. I'm
2: not into Maddie, but I I'm not Barb either. I'm just living for all of it because it's just funny.
4: Oh, it's great. And the the setup for you know, on the finale, they set up for the next one, which will be the bachelorette, and they're going with someone like from one uh, of the first I love seasons. Claire. Um, she's one of my then, favorite
2: contestants of all time.
4: I think she's gonna be really like she's gonna be really good as long as the producers don't uh do that thing where they just have yeah. like 20 year olds like that was the initial casting thing It was like mm-hmm. hey it's all 20 year olds and there's like three people over 30 and you're like yep. okay can you have a little bit more of a well-rounded group please so evidently they're doing recasting like they're going and adding people Good. we'll see how that turns out and they the, the thing it. is
2: they did delay they did. the filming yeah
4: the thing is this. though you only watch Bachelor and Bachelorette so you can get to Bachelor in Paradise. So it doesn't That's so m- true. It doesn't matter what happens on these. You just want to get to know the contestants so that when Bachelor in Paradise comes, uh, you can watch the best show in the Bachelor
3: franchise. Okay, but what what happened to the good dating shows like? The MTV VH1 that's a like, Millionaire? oh
2: singled oh. out oh. Like, Joe Millionaire. no like parental yeah.
3: control and next <laughs> Temptation and room what was raiders the
2: room, one? room raiders
3: my is on the god room raiders, god, room awesome. raiders. oh
2: it's
3: then, okay awesome like, was a circle term.
4: I don't know I don't know if oh, I it was say it was great awesome. like come home
3: from school come home from work like put dumb TV on like yep. that's what I like so much You're about right. the circle is is like it was it's it's a little bit over the top in a way that a lot of the the reality shows from that era were okay you know it's just like. It's kind of ridiculous in a really fun way. You know, it's, <laughs> I really love that about the circle and it really brought me back and to people like kept it real. that Ironically, coming up from high school watching just stuff. Just being on
1: social media, people kept it real in the circle. They were like I actually love that. themselves. Like you got to actually observe them. And it was cool. Yeah. Um, anybody else? We got to start wrapping this up. Rich is RuPaul's Drag Race. Fingers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> RuPaul's no Drag Race is no so um,
2: good. The new season's out right now. Um... There is also a UK version on VH1 streaming. Oh my gosh, I'm loving it so much. If you're a big fan of makeup, fashion, funny kitschy just really good fun tv i know many listeners of this podcast want nothing to do with it but gosh i love rupaul's drag race it is kind of They're locked just, down we're all making laugh.
1: new choices now so um, it makes me laugh the, the, the
3: one that that in this netflix announcement when they when they uh, renewed love is blind in the circle they also renewed my favorite reality show from for as long as i can remember uh, the last few years um rhythm and flow um, the oh, competition yeah. show. Yeah, that's also I don't know what I, is. Cardi B, Chance the Rapper. What? I mean, we're only I doing reality shows because show.
1: we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. But right. Uh, that is off season. That um, is also a great one. Yeah, R- Richard,
3: uh, one of our producers, and I, and and I, he, we watch that show every week when, when new episodes would come out, and he we he and I would come in the office and talk about it. We still follow all the rappers from the show. Um, we we love that show, and I'm really excited for season two of that. Like, if y'all haven't watched Rhythm and Flow,
2: yeah, it's absolutely worth watching
3: on Netflix. That's yep. awesome. Rhythm
2: that's a good flow. one to get okay, into.
1: It it's about time I jumped into that. All right, so don't get too used to that. We won't be talking reality shows, but uh, <laughs> like I said, we're all finding new things in the cupboard to turn into food these days. So here we are. Uh, that's locked. Also, for
2: Westworld you. was fantastic.
1: Yeah, shout out to Westworld. Still doing his thing Westworld this season. So Keep up good. with that. I thought we just check in sporadically, like when the big yeah. stuff happens. Yeah. But uh, Matt, take us out today. Because we need to know what new comics are coming because I don't know how many, how long are new comics even coming. So give us the ones we can have now. Yeah, so,
4: and by the way, so um, there was news a little bit earlier today that uh, a lot of comic stores uh, are going to be selling new comics uh, as of Tuesday, so... Um, When you're hearing this, you know, your store, it kind of depends on location. Uh, So you're going to have two days of comics as opposed to just one, which is, you know, great if you can get in there, depending on your store. Um, As of right now, just with the stuff that Kofi was addressing, like, we don't know what the next few weeks are going to look like, whether it's going to be physical releases or digital only, or if they're just going to stop publishing those digitally and just halt completely. So we'll keep you updated as that comes along. But for this week, you can still get your uh, comics at your local comic store and on digital. So
1: I will uh, say before we get into this, like it probably behooves the comic industry right now because we're going to be doing these start and stop lockdowns for maybe, you know, throughout the year till we get vaccines. It might be time to just learn how to produce a comic digitally in remote locations. <laughs>
4: It's, it, when makes, I mean, just touching on that subject, because like a lot of them do digitally and they can, they have the wherewithal to release them straight up digitally. It's just, those sales are so small comparatively, even now that they offer them. So, I mean, just like as far as the percentage of people going into a store to buy their copy is so much larger and they make so much more money off that as the small one that is digital. Now... That might change if people have to do digital. So, you know, maybe this is the time to really kick that in the gear and see what happens. Um, but it will remain to be seen. So, I'm very curious All right, sorry, to see. Sorry, buddy. What they go do. ahead. Run us oh, down. No, think out. Uh, so, Batman Curse of the White Knight number eight is the final issue of this series. Uh, if you've been keeping up with this, this is a, a must read because, one, it, it, closes this story, but it also does hint at what maybe could come in the future. Uh, This has been a very good Batman story. Plus, if you're a fan of 1989 Batman, you're going to love this. Uh, Batgirl number five, uh, The Flash number 752, Suicide Squad number four, Far Sector number five, the best Green Lantern book out right now, uh, X-Men number nine, Wolverine number two, X Men, Fantastic Four number three, uh, a new X book, Hellions number one uh, debuts this week. Uh, as does Giant Size X Men, Nightcrawler number one, uh, Road to Empire, the Kree Scroll War number one. Uh, this is huge because uh, one of my favorite books of last year was Meet the Scrolls, and that was a miniseries that had the Warner family and it was the Scroll family, and and it kind of ended in a way, and they hinted that maybe they could come back and. Uh, It looks like they are very much involved in this, so I'm excited about that. Uh, Fantastic Four, Marvel's Snapshot number one, Marvel's Avengers Black Widow number one, Rat Queens number 21, Crowded number 12, TMNT number 104, TMNT Jenica number two. Uh, This is an interesting one, Transformers versus Terminator number one. I have no idea what to expect from that. Uh, (laughs) Ghostbusters year one number three, Gears of War Hive Busters is the final issue of that series. Uh, We have a new Judge Dredd book, Judge Dredd False Witnesses number one, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 49, Uh, the second, the penultimate issue before Necessary Evil concludes, Once in Future number seven is out, but also The First Trade is out, one of my favorite new series, period, so definitely check that out, Angel and Spike number 10, and Animosity number 27, and that is your comics. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation.
1: We hope you guys are doing okay in your quarantine situations and uh, just getting through the daily stress of life. But uh, we'll be here for you every Wednesday and every Friday with new episodes dropping. You can find us uh, on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and just get regular updates about the show. Or now is a great time because podcasts are content you, that are, can continue to come to you in these days and times. So go on your favorite listening platform and subscribe to Comic Book Nation. We are on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast, Google Playlist, or Radio. Uh, if you miss our faces, there are always old episodes over at the comicbook.com YouTube page where you can find old episodes. If you want to join us in the discussion and get in on things like through the show, uh, all the things we're doing, including our quarantine watch parties that Brandon Davis started, which are a lot of fun, you can hit us up at the hashtag comicbooknation or right now at the hashtag quarantine watch party and get involved with that. It's become a really fun, interactive thing for people, for fans to do. Uh, and. Well, is there anything else to say? I forget. Uh, but, 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 uh, what, I forget my spiel right now. If you want to connect with election. us. Oh, yeah. Can, I should plug yeah. all of
4: you guys, right? That's fine. Yeah, Just that's You guys fine. know
2: where to find us.
1: <laughs> uh, no, you
4: can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can, you can find, find me at Janelle Wheeler. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. Charlie? And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. Yeah, I mean, you get
1: a lot of loyalists on your side, Charlie. People, Church of Ridgely over there. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this episode building of slowly Comic Nation. Yeah, that'll That's do it for amazing. this episode of Comic Book Nation. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and just hanging out with us, and we hope you had some fun. We'll catch you back next episode and see everybody later. Peace.